0: seems like a thousand years ago. I fought my way out of that cave. Became Iron Man. Realized I loved you. I know I said no more surprises, but... I was really hoping to pull off one last one. The world has changed. None of us can go back. All we can do is our best,
1: and sometimes the best that we can do is to start
2: over. I saw all these people die.
0: We keep telling everybody they should move on. Some do, but not us. Even if there's a small chance, we owe this to everyone who's not in this room to try. We will. Whatever it takes.
2: Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes.
1: Whatever it takes.
0: this one
2: <laughs> Hey, welcome to the Infinity Bros podcast. I'm your host Max Mosier. Today I'm joined by Infinity Bros Robbie, Mark, and Isaac to talk about Avengers Endgame, the movie that is sweeping the nation. We're going to talk about how we reacted to it, how were the deaths, how were the big moments, and what do we think the MCU is going to look like moving forward. It's a spoiler podcast, so don't well listen until you've watched it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Infinity Bros Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast. The only podcast that's perfectly balanced, as all things should be. I'm your host, Max Moser. Today we're here with an endgame spoiler review. We're going to be breaking down this movie top to bottom. And we're going to introduce you to our bros. Here's Robbie. Hola. Next up is my man, Isaac.
0: On your left.
2: And then we've got, uh, way up north, Mark Jones. What's up? Those are your Infinity Bros. Uh, For this episode, we're super excited. we Weren't able to get Jarrett and Zayn on, but we'll hear their thoughts next week. Um, We're going to talk about Avengers Endgame, the movie that is sweeping the United States and the world. And uh, if this is your first time on our show, we're assuming you've seen this movie before and you're just checking out our podcast for the first time. But to be familiar with how we talk about things here, we'd love for you to know about our rating system right here. Here on the Infinity Bros podcast, everything is ranked from a 0 to 6 point scale. Zero meaning horrible, and six meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a six, it gets an infinity Step. All right, cool. So what we're going to do is we are going to give you our ratings of this movie, and then we are going to give you quick thoughts before we break down our spoilers. But I want to give you guys, before we kind of go into this, a couple of pieces of information before we kind of give the breakdown of this movie. I'm not going to give a a summary or a... uh, idea of what this movie is about. I think everybody does, but just wanted to give some quick stats for you guys before we break this down, because I think they'll get lost. This movie has a 96% Rotten Tomato score. Um, The closest Infinity Bro out of our group to guess that was Zane with 97%. It has a lower audience score of 92%, lower than all of us that voted. Uh, Robbie, you had a 94% score on it. That's pretty impressive. In its opening weekend, Avengers Endgame has made more than Shazam and Spider-Man in the Spider Verse made in their first three weeks combined. That we we've, we've definitely ranked that. Robbie, we can't hear you. Say that again. Times two. Times two. Yeah, you're correct. You're absolutely correct. Um, the the Russo brothers are the first directors to make three one billion dollar grossing films ever. They did all three of these in a row. This movie has made $350 million. This was reported this morning. Um, we will post the link in our show notes. $350 million dom- domestic in the United States. It's made $1.2 billion worldwide in just three days. We're recording at around 10, 18 p.m. tonight. We'll probably have an updated number tomorrow. And it's the first movie ever in the opening weekend to have two $300 million domestic openings with China. And the United States. The marketing budget for this movie was 200 million dollars. Unless Star Wars did more, which I don't believe it did, that is the highest marketed paid marketing budget ever. With a $400 est- 400 million dollar estimated budget, that makes it 600 million dollars, meaning that in just 3 days this movie broke even and actually made profit. It's three hours long, and it's had 24-hour showings across the United States. We're gonna be breaking this movie down because that's why you're here. It's why you're listening. But uh, this movie is fantastic, and we're gonna talk about it. Um, and you—you you heard our rating scale. Uh, but we're also gonna be sharing some spoilers with you guys. Some spoilers. So this is just a quick spoiler warning for you. This is. Prepare yourself. An infinity bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. Fantastic. So that lets the Infinity Bros off the leash. You guys can be as spoilery as you want. We're going to rate it on a one-to-six-point scale. Robbie, the floor is yours, my man.
3: Alright, I will send my rating at the end. I think it's obvious. But anyways, <clears throat> okay, so after the opening scene that kind of punches you in the feels <clears throat> and just with an Infinity Gauntlet, you could punch in the feels with an Infinity Gauntlet. Um, to me, the next ten minutes almost feels sort of rushed. Uh, which sets up for a WTF movie experience. The weight of what happened in Infinity War was then <clears throat> felt throughout the entirety of the movie. Our heroes were desperate for anything to work. And though what some might see as fan service, they took us took us through a ride into the past of the MCU while expanding on movies we loved or maybe only liked the CGI in. <clears throat> <clears throat> <throat> the ending of this movie is where the meat is at, though. <laughs> The moments in the last 45 minutes are what make the movie the most important piece in the entire MCU. Avengers Endgame gets an easy six Infinity Stones out of six and two Infinity Gauntlets thumbs
2: way up. You Did you, like, write that down ahead of time, Robbie?
3: We can't hear you, Max.
2: What? One... I'm muted on Skype, but I'm not muted on here. Sorry. Robbie, did you... Um... Did you like write that out ahead of time? I did. That's hilarious. I yeah. love that. That's fantastic. So six, know,
0: out, six, wish... six out of six
2: for Robbie. Um, Isaac, what's your rating?
0: So uh, I would like to say that uh, I'm not usually a softy when it comes to movies. Um, I think when I became a dad, I probably did maybe become a little bit of a softy. I probably t- have teared up during maybe three, four movies in my life. Um I cried, sobbed during Avengers Endgame. I counted six times my second showing that I cried. I didn't count the first time because I was basically crying throughout the last uh, third of the movie. So um, I counted six times where I had tears welling up in my eyes. The first time I watched it, I literally had tears streaming down my face. I was actively trying to keep myself from sobbing in the theater like there's a guy on my left and I was like I really don't want this guy to see that I'm like just crying and just convulsing so I was like really trying hard to to uh keep myself together but uh that just goes to show like how the magnitude of this uh this movie and the impact that it had on me um and I will say that I was completely wrong about the tone in our um, in our uh, discussion that we had last week. I kind of thought this was going to be a dark movie. thought it was going to be all doom and gloom. Um, Max kind of called me out on it, and he was actually totally right about that. It was like, I don't know how they did it. It was a lighthearted movie, um, and it just hits you right in the feels like the whole time. And, and there was kind of comedy sprinkled throughout. Um, it was just an incredible movie, and I think everybody would agree with me that it it it's an amazingly satisfying completion to the MCU. Obviously, we know there's going to be more MCU movies to come, but like, man, it just it just ended this um, chapter in the MCU so well. Um, so I obviously give this one a six out of six. It becomes my favorite MCU movie. It is a fantastic movie, and I can't wait to talk about it.
2: On to Mark Jones.
1: Yeah, off the bat, I would give this uh, six stones out of six. I mean, that's pretty clear with amongst with all of us. Uh, some of my thoughts, um, you know, thinking back on the movie, it's almost as though we got the Tony Stark Odyssey completed. Want to think of it like that? The, you know, the Infinity Saga is what they call the whole thing, but really, it's uh, kind of like a Tony movie. Um, and it's reflecting back into that, uh, each film has prepared us for what happened in this movie. Uh, you, I I'm assuming none of us questioned how things came up without having more context to it. Uh, and then on top, go off of Isaac. I mean, I'm an emotional guy, and that that first viewing of that of that. Endgame was. I was just crying the whole time. Just it caps capstoned everything. It was like capstone course. That's what Endgame was, if you want to relate it to college level classes. And I it changed my life. I think I haven't cried that hard since a family member passed. <laughs> that
2: This is a safe place, Mark. It's okay.
1: It felt like someone, it's like you lost something. Because you knew this is the end of this story, and now you just gotta look forward and move on. But I'm gonna keep watching it. Like, I another movie where I cried a lot at was A Star is Born. I'm never gonna watch that again. But
2: <clears throat> yeah, what to say that's not already been said? Here, here's what I'll articulate. Um, I'm gonna start with negative and then I'm gonna go positive. The negative I'll say is this um, Is this movie has flaws. As weird as that sounds to people, there are parts of this movie that. On the first viewing, I walked out of and I went, what the heck? Um, in the sense of, and I would call these pure nitpicks. Very minor, very small issues. Not overarching plot things. not char- One of them I issues is a character issue. We'll talk about that. Um, but I understood the decisions that they made. 100%. And what Marvel did is they earned every choice. They earned the right to make ballsy choices in this movie. And I have the utmost respect for it. The biggest knock that Marvel gets from 22 movies is there's no consequences. Infinity War gave us consequences, air quotes, but we knew that these characters were coming back. So, what made this movie really important was. What made this movie really important was how they brought them back. It was not whether they brought them back or not. And for me, it was never a spoiler if there was a shot of like Star Lord in the trailer or Black Panther. That would not have been considered a spoiler. Um, it would have been considered a spoiler if they had told me how they got back. Um, I am different from our group. We've talked about this. I, I'm a guy that I like to read non-spoiler reviews. I don't want to be spoiled, but I want to hear other people's thoughts and articulations. Um, and I, it, that just enhances the experience for me. It gives me a build-up throughout the week. Um, and this was, this was a movie that uh, I think Mark kind of nailed it. This is a movie that everyone has to be a part of. You have to go to this. I've been telling people the last two days that have asked my opinion is one, go check out our podcast. But two, you have got to go see this movie because everyone is gonna see it, and this is a cultural moment. This is the this is the Star Wars of the millennial generation, and I would argue it's an exponentially better Star Wars that exceeds what the uh that exceeds what the prequels couldn't do. This movie looks at its prequels like The Ant Mans and The Captain Marvels and um these kind of middle of the road Marvel movies, and they make great products across the board. Um, this movie is a six out of six. Um, I have my minor nitpicks that we'll talk about on this show. Um, it's not perfect, but I don't think a six out of six means that a movie is perfect or that a show or anything is perfect. I think it just means it is the most excellent product it could have been. And I think Marvel earned that. And uh, we're going to discuss that. So, this is our first official Infinity Snap on our program. So, great job, everybody. Big, big, big moment for the show. But also a big moment for this, and uh, yeah, um, so we're just gonna go through a breakdown, guys. Um, so you don't have to; you can unmute yourselves because we're gonna try our best to to kind of keep the conversation and dialogue um, going because we got only so much time. But we're just gonna knock out. We kind of walked through our, our review ahead of time of like, hey, this is all the big moments. I'm gonna just walk through them, and as we go, just uh, communicate what you want to share, and we're just gonna talk about it. So this movie starts up. We get Hawkeye family dusted. Anybody got thoughts on that? Tell me. For sad, we'll go Mark then Robbie. <laughs> Mark, you go. That is it for me.
1: <laughs> Could you imagine turning around and like your family's gone? Sorry.
2: Go ahead, Robbie. Go on, man.
3: Yeah, yeah, that was that was the one where you know, yeah, you know it's coming, but you're not ready for it. It it's heartbreaking. Yeah, that just. And that's kind of what I needed for from the beginning of this movie, because I wanted to be so invested in it. <clears throat> and then you get there, and they just hit you right away hard. And you're just like, what? And, yeah, I, I needed that to get, you, get me invested immediately.
2: That really felt like a horror movie scene. That's, like, the only thing I can really compare it to is, like, you know something bad is coming, and it's you just know it's coming and then it come it it it, it comes and then the audience you could just hear gasps on my thursday night showing just how how horrible horrible it was um we get clint and then we go to straight to the marvel um logo clint clint's family is gone we go straight to the marvel logo robbie go ahead
3: yeah i would say the same thing you're just marvel has done such a good job with building characters off of small scenes like w- what was that two minutes not even and you already know like yeah like you already know like he he could go off the deep end right now and it sets up ronan perfectly and you you accept it because it makes sense
2: we go straight to the we're gonna try to just go through this as quick as i can guys so just keep keep interjecting if you need to okay um we get mr fantasy by traffic playing um and if you want to go read the lyrics that was a great just like I, I felt like it was a perfect way to open it give a little guardians of the galaxy flare. We see Tony in space with <clears throat> Nebula. They're playing a little paper football. He lets her win. I thought that was a very interesting character moment. Mark, you kind of talked about Tony Stark's Odyssey. How did you feel about this kind of beginning of the end moment for him as he kind of as he prepares for Captain Marvel to save him?
1: So you're asking um like we're saying his Odyssey starts here from the beginning cuz we're almost as the audience you're you're preparing for uh, for tony to die here i mean that's what my thought was is oh we're gonna get tony dying right now so the the rest of the story will be them trying to either find tony in the past or having to move on right away and it's we're gonna get another character die at the end
0: and i I think you really feel that when he like falls asleep like on the ground like and nebula like turns him over and you're like holy crap is he dead right now like you're just like, oh my goodness, like he's gonna be dead.
3: Well, and we can talk about how well they did Tony's body. I don't know if, if RDJ lost weight for that, if they CGI'd that, but they made that look really, really good. That he was sick, like and he was just losing weight nonstop, and they did a really good job with
1: that. Yeah, twenty one days in space with low rations and having to fight an infection, probably with limited limited water. Yeah, that's I think they did a perfect job of that either. I don't think you had Robert Downey Jr. actually lose that much weight, but they made him look like he was from Castaway, just skin and bones.
2: And again, it solidifies Nebula as part of the Avengers now. She's earned her right to be around them. We don't need to have a scene of them asking her questions. They fast forward and do that because they've earned it. Um, Captain Marvel saves them. This was kind of the first big twist of this movie. I think that was just kind of obvious to me, and this was maybe a spoiler from the trailer. I think when we got that shot of Tony with the with the bright light on his face, to me, that signaled that she was coming to save him. What were your guys' thoughts on Captain Marvel scene? I, yeah,
3: I, I agree with that. Like, the scene itself is beautiful, and it makes sense. I think we all kind of knew something like that was going to happen. I wish we had a little more context to it, and maybe I just missed it in the movie, but I don't think we have anything that tells us, uh, hey, Captain Marvel, go find Tony Stark.
2: I think the context here is is the end of Captain Marvel, and she arrives on Earth, and there, she's like, "Where's Fury?" So again, this is a movie that fast-forwards through little dialogue, and I think that's a little dialogue moment. And again, this is kind of a nitpick for me. Right. I think of this movie, but it's a small, Same. it's a small 100%. nitpick. It's like this movie couldn't yep. do that. It, otherwise, it's a four, five, six-hour movie. And I think this is this is Marvel's way of saying, "Hey, Captain Marvel's been looking for three weeks in space because Earth knows Tony Stark is a big piece of the puzzle if they're going to find Thanos." I think they knew that. Um, and they knew that he was obviously up in space fighting Thanos. So,
3: Right. That's the only thing I wish we, you know, like it could be one-minute dialogue. Like someone talks to Captain Marvel and is like, we've lost Iron Man. We can't find him. You're the only one that could actually go out there and look. I don't think it had to be long, but, I mean, in a three-hour-long movie, you're going to find little things to take out, so I understand it. It's just, it's like you said, it's a nitpick. It's not a big deal. It's just Captain a nitpick. Marvel,
2: uh, Cap- they, Captain Marvel takes him back. Uh, we get this dialogue at Avengers. At, like obviously they have the first initial greeting. I don't wanna we don't need to get get into that too much, but I think the big scene that everybody pulls away from this is Tony and Cap's first big discussion after Civil War. And I'll start us off with the dialogue here. This is the greatest acting scene Robert Downey Jr. has in this entire MCU run, in my opinion. That was unbelievable. Um, from I, I, Robbie, I think he lost the weight. I don't think he was CG. And if he was CGI'd, I tip my hat to them. Cause I could not tell on my second viewing. I looked for that in that scene.
3: Yeah. It, in that scene, it looks even better because in the darkness scenes, you, you can CGI that and it's not a big deal. But when you're in light like that, it's, it's hard to do CGI natural light like that.
2: Go ahead, Isaac. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. My bad. Um, no, I think this is the best scene that Robert D. Jr has ever done. Um, and I felt every bit of it. And this was, and, and we've had the joke here. Our group has had the joke. Is it, are you cap or Man? I'll tell you what. I think I was team Iron Man after that discussion. I think Tony yeah. was a hundred percent. Tony was a hundred percent right the whole time.
0: I, I'm going to just disagree with you just a tiny bit on that one. Like um, Tony kind of basically like just shows up cap and he's like, where were you? Like, what were you doing? Like, Tony doesn't know that the everybody on earth is fighting Thanos at the same time. Like he doesn't know that cause he's in space doing all that stuff. And yes, I, he's fighting I, Thanos I, himself. So like, obviously Tony's part in that is more significant than Captain America is probably fighting, you know, all that stuff. But I just think, I just think Tony I, and obviously Tony is like, you know, he's been in space for 21 days. He does a great job um, acting in that scene. I agree with that part. But I, I kind of was like a little not offended, but I was like, hey, well, and also Captain America is kind of my guy. So I was like, hey, Team Cap, come on. Mark, go ahead. Uh, thought on that is, yeah, there's part, I think the dialogue is
1: um, Tony's like, I lost, and Cap's like, we lost, like indicating, I and mean, we kind of see the 2 um their different leadership styles, I feel, too, where Tony kind of is centralizing. Like, around himself where Captain America is showing that he's still a team player and you know,
2: I, I, I agree with Mark. I've, I, this, this scene and this, it's amazing to me how this movie enhances and we're going to break it down more. This movie enhances seven different movies. I walked through it today when I was like prepping for this show, there are seven different movies that are completely different. I watched Avengers one today and we'll break that part down. Avengers one is completely different at the end of it. Um, and that's just wild to me. I, I cannot believe but that scene changed me in Civil War. I am on Tony's side after this after this scene. He was right because he could see the future. He was 100% right. They had stayed together. And if, if they had just sacrificed a little bit of freedom, they would have beaten Thanos. That was so Team Cap after Civil War. Um, so they fight, um, and they just basically say, hey, we're heading to space. We're going to go get Thanos. Captain Marvel kind of rallies them, I think. Uh, Iron Man's out for the count. So they get Thor, Rhodey, um, Rocket, Natasha and Captain Marvel they head to the garden. Um, they have that dialogue we've kind of seen in all the trailers and things like that. So we're gonna avoid that. But uh, let me go through this, Robbie. And then we'll talk about it. I'm gonna I'm just gonna go right through it because we got to zoom here. Um, we get up there, and uh, the, the probably the most shocking part in the whole movie, I would argue, um, they kill Thanos basically very easily. He has used the stones to kill destroy the stones. And he has officially solidified that this timeline, this is how it's going to be moving forward. Um, Thor cuts the hand off. They find no stones. And then Thor goes for the head this time, kills him. And the Avengers are left with nothing but a loss. And this solidifies Infinity War's loss. How did this scene affect you? Go ahead, Robbie.
3: Was anyone just surprised that they didn't wait to take Iron Man? Because right away, that was like, wait. So Iron Man's back. I know he's not unhealthy, but like they're not gonna wait and just go, you know. Wait I think the Iron urgency
2: Man. of of the Gauntlet was so big. They saw what had happened. They're like, he could do more. He could change his mind and just kill everybody. Right, and I guess they saw the
3: spark um, from the from that planet, knowing that he was there. So I guess that would make sense. I, I don't know, but yeah, that's kind of what I at the beginning uh, when I was talking that that was only kind of ru- the rush scene. I thought was maybe rushed. But because that happened, you were left with the rest of the movie going, wait, what do they do now? And that, that's why I loved that scene. Even if they, you know, they go through it in, what, 10 minutes from talking uh, with Iron Man and then going and killing Thanos. It's, what, 10 minutes of the movie. And then you're just left with almost dread because you're just like, wait, we're 15 minutes into this movie. I don't know what's going to happen. And I, I love that route that they took.
0: I would like to reiterate um, Max's point that I think that just like drives home the urgency that the the group collectively has at that point. Like they, they you know, Rocket is able to like locate the power surge that um, Thanos destroyed the stones with. And they're all like, well, we know where he is now. Like we have to go like right now. And I think also just the impact that um, Tony's kind of like breakdown had on everybody was just like okay well you know what like we don't know we don't know like where Tony's at right now like we don't even know if he's gonna want to go with us so I think they're just like all right well we just gotta go we just gotta go we gotta he he made
2: it very clear he's not going he said I'm done he made it very clear I I mean that's how I interpreted it when I watched it Mark what do you think buddy
1: no I I enjoyed that scene I kind of I mean i thought that was perfect i mean he go like how else do you tell the story you think he just we just go there and there's a three-hour battle of them fighting thanos with infinity gauntlet i mean i would love that but um one thing i took away from that scene is when rocket asks them who's all been to space i believe that's that scene and you know everyone raises their hands who hasn't been to space and then we get the little nice scene of uh captain america's eyes experiencing going through space and just you just think of things that doesn't amaze him and that like probably blew his mind. And I thought that was beautiful.
0: That's a nice little snippet of like cinematography. Like that is, I mean, spread throughout the film. This is a very, very well done uh, film, but, but like that, like, yeah, like you said, there's just like cool, like, Like, hey, this is Captain America. Like, he's seen everything. And he's going into space, and he's never, ever been there before. So you just, like, see his eyes widen, and you see, like, the... His brow raise. I don't know, hyperspace. or Yeah, the brow raise, and you see the hyperspace, like, reflection on his eyeballs. And it's like, oh, man, this is awesome.
2: Yeah, this this scene is so great. This is the reason... I I think there's two scenes that you want to avoid spoilers for. This is the first one. Um, If you don't know that this is coming, this makes this movie way better. And it just drives home that that dread that Infinity War has. It's just kind of that extra episode, I think, of dread. So grateful that they did it, and just I was so and Brolin just crushes this scene. Um, and it, again, Captain Marvel just show just gets to flex her stuff, and uh, yeah, fantastic. We get the long pause of five years later. Um, just just Insane. absolutely driving home how horrible this is as Thor walks off our first shot is cap with a group and we get kind of two interesting um uh cameos I don't want to talk about them because I, I think one of them's a little too political and I want to avoid that conversation here um yep I'm just we're not gonna talk about it here Russo um, is the first openly homosexual character in the MCU Joe Russo plays that character um, as he's talking with um, Um, Captain America, but the other one is Jim Starlin, the creator of Thanos. I thought that was a really nice callback, and uh, I I know Starlin has had some struggles with getting paid his due for Thanos over the years. You can read some articles on that if you're interested. Maybe we'll find one to put in the show notes. Um, I thought this was a really classy way of Marvel to kind of get some some good compensation and some good winks at him, especially as his character is about to get his world rocked down the stretch of this movie. We then go to a warehouse out in uh, San Francisco and a random rat presses a little button in a van and out pops and splinter guys. This is our moment. We, we get dread, 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 dread. And then finally we get a little bit of hope. What do you think?
1: I got something on this. Um, I think it was infinity war where Thor talks about fate has something else planned for him. And does fate, have something planned for this rat and that's why that rat was there at that specific point in time five years later
3: yeah to lead the teen, yes the teenage and
1: that's how and they get involved you- that's the future of mcu credits we're done mark
2: do you think mark do you think um <laughs> mark do you think uh uh that dr strange saw this rat
1: of course he did i think uh, he, he sees 14 million versions of what's going to happen of course he's going to see this freaking rat i'm sorry
2: Dude, how much time do you spend in fourteen million? That's aside. Don't worry, I can get there. We have two. We don't have enough time to talk about that. But um, Ant Man's there. We get a nice another. We have like a billion cameos in this. We get a Ken Jeong um cameo, and the Russos continue their epic quest of getting every single community character on the I show. I love that. We then go to Black Widow, having a conference with Rhodey, Captain Marvel, uh, Rocket, Nebula, Okoye. And this scene is really interesting. This is going to be one of the underrated scenes, I think, of this movie. And there's a couple reasons why. Um, The first one is, Mark, you predicted on last episode um, that we were going to get a Namor pop-up. He didn't pop up,
1: but doggone it, did he cause that earthquake? I think he did, and that gave me chills when I saw that. I was like, is Namor, are they going to find Namor to come help them out and uh do did I say that right name or Submariner I always right, get
2: those yeah, Submariner yeah I I have not had a bigger Both eye roll work. in the history of watching a movie over something than that I I rolled so hard when I heard Akoya God, dang, say
1: Mark's that. right he's in there
2: and the other thing I want to point out about this scene and in the second viewing I caught this a little more and I think it's there I think Rhodey and Captain Marvel have a
0: thing and did
2: anybody else catch that? I think the they. Look def- that she- I don't know if they have a
0: thing, but they definitely have yeah. a relationship that is outside of you know, like what what is in that room, like in that meeting right there. Like they have some other type of relationship going. on. I don't know. I don't know if it's a thing. Maybe it is. But
3: give me that. I want that show. I want Nebula and Rocket. Give me that five years in a TV
2: show, and I will watch the crap. Yeah, that's actually out of that. not bad. I I'd watch that. Do you think in the Hawkeye show we're going to get that Disney doesn't want to announce because it's a spoiler, um, that we're going to get Ronan scenes? I think like so, because they could
3: go the same way, um, I guess, kind of Arrow did, where they did a lot of flashbacks, except for with Ronan, they'd actually be interesting, they and they it. wouldn't just be stuck on an island. Also,
0: I want to see more Ronin because Hawkeye slash Ronin in this movie is super badass. Like, he is he is like super underrated. I mean... Be, he should be underrated because he's a human among a lot of people with powers but holy crap like he he is just he's just epic in this movie and i think he kind of goes under the rug just because he is just a dude with really good but we also basically but yeah ronan was this was just such a toy play this it's kind of a bummer i felt like they
2: rushed it but obviously this is a movie with quick quick moves and that's nitpick um Black Widow and Cap have a talk, and Cap kind of says a very interesting line. He justifies Thanos' actions by saying he can see some whales out in the bay. Black Widow cuts her sandwich in half. Kind of a little symbolism there. That was pretty fun. And all of a sudden, we get our shot of Ant-Man. After he's met up with Cassie um, and discovered what's happened, he comes in and basically explains about how he time traveled. Go ahead, Robbie. I'm sorry, but that scene, that's my second cry of the movie
3: when he meets when he sees Cassie. And just his Ant-Man just kind of freaking out, like doesn't know what happened. And then he finds Cass and he's just so excited to see her. That scene, that one hit hard. That one hit almost as hard as
2: Hawkeye. I've talked to a couple of people that have said that scene was unnecessary. And I don't know how they can say that. I don't know how they can say that. That that scene is so big. The other thing is he looks at her and says, you're so big. Nice little foreshadowing of, of, of her super, of stature coming we go time travel discussion, and and they try to head over to Tony. We find out that Tony has a, tra- a daughter named Morgan, um, and basically he refuses to give her up. They ask him if he can time travel, have a little Back to the Future dialogue. Um, and I'd like to talk about time travel for a couple minutes, for a minute or two here. And here's why: this is my first really big. I have two big nitpicks in this movie that I'm like, this could have been made. Made this movie a five to me. One. Tony Stark, and this is fast forwarding a little bit, he solves time travel in like 30 seconds. Do we have an issue with that down the line? I know I'm going ahead, but I think it's important for this part of the movie. Go ahead, Robbie. I I had wondered about this, and I had seen
3: some discussions on it. I didn't. People were discussing, had Tony been kind of working on this, thinking this could be a thing? Or did this come up right as Ant-Man came back in? And that was... That, that that's the thing that people were arguing about because then they're like, was the rat really necessary? Like, then was Tony just going to figure this out and he just needed like the extra push like to use the pin particles and know what he's doing with those and I don't know, that I don't, I didn't think of it as a nitpick. I mean, it's Tony they knew that if he, fig- like he's the only person that could have figured it out so I don't really have an issue with it whichever way it goes. I I guess I looked at it that he had been working at it a little bit and he just needed this little extra push. And when Tony has a push, I mean, it takes him five hours to do things. And I don't know, it wasn't it? What do you think, guys?
0: Yeah, I would agree with Robbie there. I think, uh, I think that he had been working on this before. And I kind of like when when it cuts to him actually working on it. Like, I mean, he's he's like basically like just spitballing. It seems like, and he's like, you know what? Like maybe you know, throw this on there. Like, and and it kind of makes it seem to me, anyways, like he's been doing this for a while and he's just like you know what All right, maybe this will work i don't know i'll just throw it on there and see what we get you know like to me that makes it seem like he has an idea of what he's been working on like he might have a little bit of experience working on this and trial and error and all that stuff so i think that is i mean i i don't disagree with you there it is a little nitpicky but i don't i to me it didn't really make or break um in that scene at all
2: it it felt it felt almost a little un, it felt a little unearned for me on the t- on the time travel stuff. That's what I'll kind of justify with my nitpick. Mark, go ahead.
1: Um, at the end of the day, when it comes to time travel, um, as we know it as a society, time travel doesn't exist. This is a comic book movie, so you can't always base stuff in reality. So to push the story forward, it had to happen this way. So whatever.
2: You are you are a hundred percent correct. Like at the end of the day, this is a true nitpick to me because. Like even when they talk, and we'll uh, later on the line when they have that like time travel scene, I didn't even put it in the notes because I knew we would talk about it here. When they have that like time travel scene, they reference Hot Tub Time Machine, The Terminator, Back to the die Future, hard. and they're talking about how die, yeah, die. What the heck were they referencing Die for? That was so funny. I just I was just like, we don't even know. We find out that Hulk is f- Hulk has fused himself with, um, Banner, and this is another kind of big jarring moment. Um, that's kind of how I'll call there are three jarring moments. I think this was the second one. Um, and they're eating at this restaurant. They have that amazing, probably the best, the funniest part of the whole movie is the picture scene where they're taking pictures of the kids and Ant-Man asks to take a picture of them. I, I, I haven't laughed harder. I think in a Marvel movie, both times I watched it, I laughed equally as hard. I could not
0: believe how, I could not believe how funny that part was to me. I don't know about that one, chief. Uh, that, no, his... uh, it was funny. Yeah, I, I'm with it was, I was funny, like all... but I, I mean, it was like I don't know. I, I didn't. Th- I wasn't bursting out laughing. During I thought it that was scene. so weird.
2: I was laughing during yeah. the part where the 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 picture part, and the, and I thought it was so funny because I think it was it was the MCU's way of saying, "Look, Ant Man's really not that popular. We get it. They're with the Avengers. You need to suck it up." And I really just thought that was so. I like for whatever reason that really just hit home to me. And it also showed Banner is really a more laid-back guy now. He's not uptight anymore. He's also not really agre—he's aggressive, but he's not hyper-aggressive. And so he's willing to make a couple jokes, crack some jokes. He's more willing to try things. In Age of Ultron, we see him not want to do this, but then he gets forced into it. In this one, he's like, "Man, eh, you know what, I'll, take, I'll give it a shot. I'll try some time travel, and we'll see what happens. And I loved that. I felt like that scene really showed how Hulk had changed but it also was a great way of just kind of keeping Scott grounded as his character. This is a movie that you could have easily let Scott kind of go off the rails and be a little dark as you would have said, Isaac. And I was so grateful
0: that they didn't do that. I was really worried about that with those time travel scenes. Here's what I'll say. Um, I, I like what you said about um, Hulk, like the Hulk banner merger. And by the way, Zane like totally nailed that one on our previous podcast. Like, I, I didn't even think about that until Zane said that last week. Like, at props to him on nailing that. That was another, like, I feel like major, like, spoiler. When you're when you're watching, you're like, holy crap, like, Bruce Banner is Hulk now. Like, that's, that's awesome. And I honestly liked Mark Ruffalo better as Intelligent Hulk than I do as Bruce Banner in all the previous MCU anything. Like, he nailed that role. 100% that awesome. agree
2: with that. Hundred percent agree with that. And and they kept him around at the end. And we'll talk about that. But I mean like I think that was intentional. I think there was an intentional move and I think he's coming back. I I think they've been there's been rumors that he hasn't been coming back. I think it was intentional. You think he'll come back as
0: banner or do you think he'll come back as Hulk again?
2: He'll come back as Hulk, but we'll talk about that more later. Um we also I want to talk about this too. Tony talks to Pepper about the choice of of sharing that they have time travel. Loved that loved that scene how powerful that scene was and then we get his scene um with his daughter morgan where the line i love you 3000 is said um that's been probably the big line i've taken away from this movie uh for the people who were emotional everybody in this group um what uh how did that scene hit you mark go ahead
1: that that is the moment after the i love you 3000 i knew what was going to happen to him at the end of this movie that is, that is, I, yeah, that, that's all I got. I, I cried. I,
0: I feel like I became more and more predictable. But yeah, like when you, when you see that he's got a family and he loves the life that he has, even though the world around him is like falling apart, like then you're like, oh crap, he's going to be the one that's going to die, isn't he? Dang it.
3: Maybe it was, um... Maybe it was just the dialogue or everything else going on but the the scene with Pepper and Tony didn't hit hard for me at all really but but definitely the scene with Tony and Morgan hit and if if that didn't hit with you
1: I I don't know like that hit hard and it doesn't doesn't Pepper even say could you live with that or something like that so she even knows that Tony couldn't rest or be settled without you know seeing this whole thing through
3: telling everyone what he found and that he's able to actually go back and fix it. Cause yeah, he would have had to die with that knowledge if he didn't and honestly, actually do it.
0: this, this scene, like when, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, you know, this scene when, uh, Captain America, Black Widow, and, uh, who else is Scott come, come to visit them. And, and, uh, man, gosh, I think this is like the first time since civil war that I, I was like I'm team Iron Man guys. I'm team Iron Man. Like he's found this amazing family like and like I said before like he has found this thing that you know he's never had before that he never even really wanted probably. Like the whole MCU is centered on Iron Man and and basically his kind of selfish, you know, characteristics and personality traits and stuff like that and he's got a family that he basically is going to give up anything for like you know that him and cap go back and forth like i can't i can't lose what i found you know like i i when i saw this scene i was like oh my gosh i I like tony stark more right now in this moment than i have probably since like iron the first iron man movie we got to jump ahead here we got to keep
2: keep her moving um Ant-Man just tries, to, tries to do Hulk's way of time travel, and that creates an awesome, excellent, funny scene. I don't think anybody disagrees with that. Tony comes back and decides to help, gives Cap back his shield. On one condition, we're not erasing what we have. This is the most brilliant decision Marvel made in this whole movie for months and months and months. We all thought they're going to erase everything. They're going to start over. They're gonna create a parallel universe. They're gonna they're gonna change time. They're gonna erase somebody. And this was Marvel saying, "Nope, everything that we did did we did. We're not changing it. It's staying the same. We're just fast forwarding five years. Um, and we'll talk about the consequences of that later." But Marvel basically establishes their own time travel rules in this moment right here. And I thought that was a very unique, very interesting way to do that. Um, it was also important to note that for time travel, we've brought up Pepper and um, Morgan, but he also remembered Peter Parker. I have to remember he looked at the picture of Peter Parker. I think that's important. Um, we get uh, Ronan kills the Akrazel. We talked about that. Romanoff recruits him. I don't think we need to break that down anymore. And then we get the most. Ju-
3: Could I break that down one ahead. second? Like the the only nitpick I have with that is that like it's literally like a twenty second conversation, and he's just in. You know, and like he's been killing people like nonstop for five years and then he just like flips. I am the switch honestly and he's fine in. with that, that because and it's a nitpick. like
0: the reason he's killing everybody is because he lost his family and now he sees that there's hope to get them back and he's like, I'm in. Yeah.
2: But I, I again, like this yeah. is again the, it, the big issue with this movie as you rewatch it will be decisions are made on the fly or it would right. appear that decisions were made very quickly without thinking even though we understand the full context of it um, yeah decisions just were made on the fly so is what it is though we then cut to somewhere in Europe we don't really know there's been a couple different theories I don't know the language that was on it but Rocket and um, Hulk head on over to get Thor after they have basically established we're going to do this time travel thing and we've get um, the time travel discussion earlier and this is the most jarring part of the movie and this is probably where a lot of our debates are going to come from i think internally as a group i absolutely love this scene with thor i hate it the rest of the way um and we'll talk about the scene and we can break that down maybe at the end um but this is this is like the biggest gripe of the movie that after two views i just couldn't get behind and i totally internally understand the choice and even the arc of Thor and what they obviously choose to do with him at the end, um, but we can dis- I want to save that discussion towards the end because I want to. I want to get the debates out there. But um, so they go get Thor. We see Meek. We see Korg. What do you guys think? I know Jared's right all now, in on we'll... that
0: Meek and Korg.
3: I'm just happy Korgs and Meek are alive. I, I want to really know. What you hate about the scene? But it's I
1: guess not we'll that, have no. To I don't
2: hate the scene um, at you all. You just I hate the that
1: Thor's fat the whole movie.
0: Yes.
2: I'll talk about that. We'll talk about that at how, the end. We'll talk about, about f- that at the end. I, I want. I want to get through. I want to get through Fine. this. Story. How about Fortnite
1: living on forever in a movie?
0: Yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that was so great.
1: Fortnite <laughs> is better than any other battle royale gaming out there. hashtag <laughs> get at me.
2: Dude, Fortnite did all those. This is a total side note. Fortnite did all that Marvel stuff probably for that one scene.
3: Oh, 100%, because that's going to be in movie lore
2: forever now. It was unbelievable. Yep, unbelievable uh,
0: new Master 69 is going to be famous forever.
2: Seriously, who's the kid that has that name?
0: <laughs> How
3: many people are trying to get <laughs> so, that name right now?
1: Someone already has Who's paying name? for that it name? Probably hasn't played yeah, probably. online since 2011. Right.
2: This scene is really great though because um it really shows like what Thor has been through. Um and again I love that and, and we'll talk about like why I don't like it throughout the movie later, but um and they obviously Hulk goes and gives him this little pep talk, you gotta join us. They bring up Thanos. Thor goes from really, really big Lebowski goofy to really, really kind of depressed, sad, um, and uh agrees to come because Rocket had beer on the uh on well, the ship. That's a very interesting
1: the... Didn't we? weren't we told by the Russos that Korg, Meek, and Valkyrie were all died in the snap, and then we get them all right there? If you
2: no, he's they they confirmed they were alive
1: even right after Infinity War. Because I thought that was what they said that they didn't survive. Nope they con-
2: they confirmed like three weeks afterwards that they were gotcha. alive.
1: I must have missed that in the whole year I experienced that movie.
2: No, you're good. It's it was very minimal die. I didn't even think they were going to be in the movie. Which is another thing about this movie: how many different people showed up in this movie? Natalie frickin' Portman was in this movie <laughs> for like five seconds,
3: like acted in the movie. Well,
2: she acted; she had a raccoon chasing her.
3: But, but like she actually was in the movie; like she had to like go in and do a role. Like that was the surprising thing. I think. you
0: don't
2: think they took that from like footage they had from years ago? That's
0: kind of what I was thinking. I don't know.
2: Why didn't she? Have I, I mean, they, she They're was procure, in the post credits
0: we'll... scene, so or not scene, the post-credits. She was in the credits. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I, I think they I think they had her come back in and they got that done. Yeah. We're gonna
0: keep going. So um, wait wait before we ahead, move go ahead, go on, I, I just found it was interesting. It was almost like a little twist, I feel like, that that uh Thor and Hulk kinda ended up being like the comedic relief in this movie almost. Like like yeah, they're they're funny and they have some funny moments together in some of the other Avengers movies and stuff like that, but like like, consistently throughout Endgame, I feel like those guys were the ones that were, like, kind of cracking jokes and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, that's that's different.
2: We'll talk about that um, later. I want to save that for later. Uh, um, and then we get this time heist scene. And I think this was really great. This movie, you cannot watch this movie without watching Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp. You just can't. And the music in this movie, when they were doing it, was Ant-Man and the Wasp music. I loved that. What'd you guys think about that?
0: Okay, cool. Great job, guys. Thanks so much. Uh the Avengers scores are the best scores that I've heard in like years. Like I just rewatched Infinity War last week and I I cry because of the scores, I feel like. Like they just build up the moments so well. Yeah.
3: They're they're up there with the Dark Knight trilogy when it comes to the scores. Hashtag Hans. Well, let's just
2: talk about the time high scene in general. They kind of break down, they re- they come to the realization that they've all been in some, at some point, they've all been near a stone at some point, or they know the lo- location of the stone. They kind of articulate, okay, we know where each other's been, and everybody's kind of describing where they've been, and then Thor gets up, and we get this big Lebowski scene, this scene where he's kind of in that, you know, goofy sweater, putting sunglasses on, and this just feels like a giant joke continued for me, and...
1: wait. Why, why are we saying this is a joke? Like, this dude is... You could almost say he's basically the reason why half the whole universe is dead. Like, could, it, how, how would you deal with that?
2: Okay, we'll talk how, about this now. You that guys next? want to talk about it now. Let's talk how about it you... now. Mark's mad. Mark's mad. We need to talk, we'll
3: talk about, about it now. now. Here's
2: here's my issue with the choice. Um, I think the Big Lebowski... Um, Well, a couple things. Big Lebowski is played by Jeff Bridges, who's the villain in Iron Man 1. Okay? So, like... First off, like if we're gonna get nitpicky, like that's the ultimate nitpick right there, okay? Check
1: What about Nick Fury and Mayo and Peter Parker reference to Star right Wars. Right Wars? Bam.
2: I'm just I'm Boom. just checkmating Boom. it, checkmating Hashtag it. Ashake you're
1: it. you're a fraud. <laughs> Ash Zimmer. I think
2: <laughs> as Jon Zimmer say
1: your fan for Rating right now.
2: I, I that opening scene is so funny. It is so funny. And it's it's totally continuing this like Ragnarok idea, right? Um, and I think even I watched Ultron today, and even Age of Ultron has funny Thor moments in it that it's like clearly obvious they're starting this like kind of comedic thing. I thought it was way too much of a pendulum swing. I thought they made two really jarring choices in this. They made the Hulk jarring choice, and that was risky, and I loved it. And I think it lands. and I think obviously we've talked about how Banner is more loose, um, but he's still smart and he's really aggressive. and it, like when they go to New York and they do their kind of time travel ish, he doesn't know how to be like full blown Hulk. I love that. I think that's great. That tension's so much fun. With Thor, I understand the depressed idea that, hey, this guy's depressed. Hey, this guy, he's been through stuff. Mark, you're 100% right. This guy should have saved everybody, but he didn't. And I totally get that. I think depression could have been shown in a way better way that still could have utilized the comedic stuff. That way down the stretch, I'm sorry you. T- I mean, and I know this is from the comics. There are runs in the comics what's, where what's better Thor depression? becomes a. F-
1: what's your better depression? No,
2: I'm not. I'm not trying to define depression here. I'm saying, for the sake of the tone of where they were trying to go with this movie, it did not feel. This did not feel like a long term great. At end of day, Halloween.
1: You could in your fat. You can be Thor now. There it is.
2: That is one. That is a joke. You I. Get, heard. You get I yourself like, yeah, two we, hammers. You're obese. Die
1: your hair blonde. Bam, you're Thor. I would like to back up or not back up. Add on to that, I, you you see it as a joke where I see it like he's that's not the joke. It's just this is how some people deal with situations, and how people can react. I I mean I will have to watch it a third time and maybe see if I will watch it as oh this is supposed to be funny and like the joke part where it's this is just who he is because this is how he reacts. That's why Black Widow decides to take over what Nick Fury was doing because she she had to that was just her reaction to what all happened
2: yeah I, I get that and and again this is a choice and again I said this at the beginning of the mo- of this of this uh, episode is i get the choice i understand the logic behind the choice he's lost his dad he's lost his mom he's lost his brother he let down half his population um and he's living on earth and he's literally done nothing and he couldn't kill the one person that killed even more people so as guardians lost half then they lost another half. I get that. I get the guilt. I think this was a move to put him in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And I don't like it. And I think it was I think it was and and that's taking one of the big three. You do this with a secondary character, that's fine. This is Thor. This is Thor's last opportunity to kind of be the center. Didn't like it. I don't believe in it. And I don't I don't think and Jared said it obviously way more eloquently than I can say it, but I, I think He really nailed that. That's really what I'm trying to say is, him being the joke is way different than talking about his depression. And there are other unique ways that they can talk about his depression. And I can almost guarantee you, we don't we don't get political on this show, but like, it's going to be people are going to go after Marvel for this. I think, I think people are going to be like, I'm just saying, like some people are going to be like, oh, oh, they're making a joke out of depression because I really do think that's what they were trying to go with, and it just didn't feel right long term for me the big Lebowski joke was funny. The first two times when we get to kind of, you know, when he's on Asgard, it just, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel good. Go ahead, Isaac. I know you, you have a lot to say here. So.
0: And I actually, I'm, I think I'm more with Mark on this one. I, I, I think like different people handle things in different ways and I think yeah, obviously he they kinda go overboard with it. Like they make like they you're pretty good at saying that, like they made him the joke basically of endgame. And I think if they just backed off a little bit with that, I'm totally fine with that choice. Like I think I think yeah, he he's depressed, like what else is he gonna do? Like he that's just the way he handled it and it wasn't the best way to handle it, but that's just what he did with his life, so I got you, Mark. We have years to debate this longer
2: if we want to. Um, so they decide to time travel. So they they all take different routes, and this is kind of when this movie the the fish hits the shan. Um, <laughs> um, the, so Tony Scott and Cap and Hulk go to New York during the Battle of New York. Bruce goes to the Sanctum, Sanctum Santorum. And he meets the ancient one to get the time stone. He thinks uh, Doctor Strange is gonna be there. He meets her instead. Cap um, goes to get the mind stone, um, and he has the great elevator scene. We'll talk about that in a second. And then Tony and Ant Man fail to get the space stone when Loki heads uses the space stone to do what we all, I believe, we can all say handedly that this is what Loki's movie will be about. I mean, TV show will be about on Disney Plus. Would anybody disagree on that? Couple big, couple big parts on this. Um, one, how awesome was the after Avengers pose pose
0: like moment?
2: Good has you look like you're geeking right now.
0: That was awesome. I thought that was so great. How they like referenced all these other, like, MCU movies, and I was talking about this with my brother, like, they did such a great job at, like, drawing the nostalgia from the MCU out without just, like, putting in random flashbacks, you know, like, they actually went back in time to certain points in the MCU, and they literally, like, were involved in those like scenes and stuff so that was really cool to see the the pose thing and then tony's like all right stop posing let's like get the show on the road you know that that was like so cool to see yeah i i loved
3: them going to all the different places because they took movies that we already love and they expanded on them with new scenes like how many movies have we seen where they show something that happened in an old movie and they just take the same scene throw it in there, call it fine. No, they, they added scenes to movies we already loved to give us more context. Because, and I loved when they're standing over Loki and like you get the cool scene at the end of Avengers, but like people don't just stand in cool scenes like that Like in, and are just in that mode. And then they just get all up and they're just like, what are we doing? This is so stupid. We don't need all of us standing here over Loki. We got him. And I, I, love, I loved that.
2: What did you think of the elevator scene? Where Cap gets on and you, we all think he's gonna kick their butts, and he says, "Hail Hydra." And even to take it a step further, he doesn't just say, "Um, hail Hydra." He even gets the whole case. He gets to take it. He lock walks away while all this is happening. Ant Man and Tony are getting the Space Stone. Um, they 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 like give him a cardiac arrest. Um, and all this crazy stuff is happening. It feels like so much is happening at one time and uh cap fights cap and when that happens they're like bouncing off of things they're breaking everything they see cap is like I can do this all day it's so funny and it ends up with him basically just choking almost the life out of him it was so crazy
3: was that a was that a Martha? Yes, comment? they
2: were mocking. They were mocking DC, Robbie, hundred <laughs> percent. And so it They did it, it and I, did, I had no issues with it. I loved it. Bucky's alive. Yes, they, Robbie. I'm a hundred percent serious. I think that's what they were doing.
3: <laughs> I think that's what they were doing, and it and it worked. A, a this lot is a bit.
2: credit to this movie. Marcus and McFeely wrote one of the most layered scripts I've ever watched on screen in my life. This was such a things would mean three, four, five things. And I think that's just another scene where it does it. Um, we head over. Uh, I'm going to continue this, and then we'll go to the next. We're gonna. I'm going to break this into the different time chunks. We're not going to go out the way it was on the movie. Um, Tony and Cap, after realizing they can't get the Space Stone, head to the 70s. We get Stan Lee's awesome cameo. Um, and then Tony grabs the Space Stone while meeting his dad and having some very poignant discussions. And then Cap gets to see Becky. I mean, Becky, excuse me, Peggy, um, after retrieving the Pym Particles um, and we get to see Hank's, uh, Hank Pym's old Ant Man, Ant Man hat. Mark, what did you think of uh, this scene?
1: I liked it. I mean, I don't think it. Uh, how do I say this? I think there is more substance to the whole Cap scene, Peggy, and you kind of get that long reflection that he's, I mean, kind of what he, what we find out the end, you know, his the life that he wants to live. And from there, you see he, when he grabs four of the pim particles when he only needs two, if I'm correct, right? Did anyone catch that? Like he only needed two to get back one for him and one for for Tony, right?
0: Yeah, he grabbed so, four, probably for extras.
1: Sure, but
0: um,
2: okay. Then we head over to Morag, where where Rhodes and Nebula get the power stone um nebula gets to and then obviously um Nat, natalie bleh, natasha bleh, it's, it's late at night natasha and clint head over to vormir um they get the space stone we get this awesome behind like look at peter quill while he's singing and looking like an idiot roadie gets to knock him out which that i think great. is fantastic that mark you go great. ahead Would with just i
1: i want to go back to vormir every time we go to vormir
2: no 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 we're not talking about vormir No, no okay
1: on. i got something on that
2: I oh, know. Well, I'll come to you when you get to more Um Nebula, um, they get the p- Space Stone. Rhodey heads back, and Nebula gets captured. And this is where the movie kind of takes a I-don't-know-where-they're-going moment with this. Um, this is another nitpick I have with this movie. I don't understand how that neural network thing worked. They they really did not do a great job of explaining that. I I don't really fully know if that even, like, I, I wonder, that, that felt like a, I don't know. It didn't feel right.
1: I feel like y- y- you could relate it to, like, uh, like- uh, the cloud like that's what it is so if you have a network that's sharing to the cloud and another similar device shows up it's going to share the same stuff if it's identical that's how i thought of it as
3: yeah i kind of i kind of agree with mark i was honestly that one wasn't an nitpick for me at all i just thought comic book knowledge makes sense sure it works that one worked to me as just, some of the it would just been, be like two nebula showing up it would
1: be different if it wasn't nebula but it's if two nebulas are existing at the same time they're going to be sharing information
2: Maybe you're right, Robbie. Maybe it's just comic book knowledge and I just need to get over it. Again, Marvel earned it. They earned the right to do this a couple times. That's why, like, we can look over it. Um, So Clint and Nat head to Vormir, and that's about the time when we all realize one of them's dying. Mark? (laughs)
1: Uh, Why does every time someone goes to Vormir, they don't park it right at the base where they need to start walking up? They're they're in spaceships. It's That's not a like they. Question. It's not like they. Drove I
2: don't their get bike why they there. walk all the way up that mountain. It
3: makes no. I got sense. it. This
2: is Kingdom Hearts, guys. Okay, so if you play Kingdom Hearts, you have to go to the the, the little uh, circle thing to get your save checkpoint, fuel up on stuff. You know how this gets, mark. So you got to do that, and then you got to meet your Disney character. That's Red Skull. You got to have that important dialogue. Then you got to get your mission done. So yeah, you're welcome. I answered it. Um, they go to Vormir. They have their big kind of understanding that uh, that one of them has to die. This really great discussion kind of occurs with them, and they both come to the conclusion that uh, we're, I'm the one that should die. Did you, a soul for a soul, did you think they made the right call by killing Black Widow here? 100%.
3: You can't do what happened with Hawkeye at the beginning of the movie and then kill him halfway through the movie. It, it just wouldn't make sense black widow yes i know people love her and like we all know there's a apparently a movie in production and everything but she in that moment with the beginning of this movie she was definitely the one that needed to die i would have been shocked if hawkeye would have died like when he when he was jumping off um and like it looked like it was going to be him i was in shock because like i did i just didn't think there was any chance it could be him
0: Yeah. I'm with you on that. Like, um, it kind of just felt like it felt right because they had set up, you know, black widow, just, she was just like desperate, you know, um, kind of setting up. And the only reason that Clint even came back was because he had the chance to get his family back. Like you can't kill a guy who literally is only there because he wants to get his family back. Like that just wouldn't make any sense. So it totally felt like, felt like right in both of their story arcs for black widow to die um so then we see thor he meets up with his
2: mom and probably the character that is like the most surprising in this movie that i saw um it went it went robert redford i was like shocked that he showed up but then to see thor's mom and really just this this woman that had two lines of dialogue in thor the dark world Man, what a great payoff and a great scene with her and Thor. And I think this goes back to, and I don't want to beat a dead horse here. I think this goes back to why I have issues with that. Is I think they could have really like done that conversation without her ending it with eat a salad. I felt like her conversation with him needed to end with something. Hey, go get go get him. She didn't need to say eat a salad to me. That just felt like that felt like a jarring moment in there. But I love that dialogue. What do you think, Isaac? You look like you had some stuff to say, man.
0: Uh, i'm I'm all right with it, like, yeah, it was a little cheesy, it was a joke, but but I don't know i f- I felt like the moment kind of was already like past like the music like kind of like uplifting music was already playing, like they were gonna be transported out, like I don't know i it was just kind of like a side comment like,
1: oh hey, <laughs> eat a salad that's it's it's his mom, it's like what else would that's what-, what that's what mom say it's just you know can give you something serious and at the end of the day they they care about you it's hey i see that you're a little overweight just you know cool it on drinking
3: (laughs) well and 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 not all marvel jokes hit like and and it happens in all their movies and that one's just kind of little
2: (laughs) but it's it's not a big joke so i i thought it was fine it made sense this is like nothing where i'm like change the character completely like i get what they're doing i just Man, it just didn't stick right with me. So we get back there, and they all realize that, uh, that uh, Romanov is dead. Um, and one thing I forgot to add is before they kind of took off to go into uh, their different perspective time areas, they put their hands in the middle. Isaac, we talked about this on our last show. We need to discuss this. Did you think they nailed that?
0: Um, yes, and for two reasons. For number one, um, and, I, and I did say um, that... If it was in the movie that they would put context behind it and it would be fine. You know, like, yeah, it looked super cheesy on the trailers. It was super cheesy on the trailers. But um the reason why they put all their hands in the middle is because they have their little time GPSs on the wrists, which were edited out on the trailers. Like you don't see that in there. So that was on there. Also, they um I don't know, it was just like a literal like a second clip, half second clip, and it was fine. Like I just think I just was wrong on the whole tone of the movie. Like I was like, this is going to be a dark movie, doom and gloom, and because the movie was way more light-hearted than I expected it to be, I thought it was it was fine. It didn't bug me at all. I forgot to say too. I think it was.
3: I think it was longer in the trailers, honestly. And it it was almost like they did that scene just for the trailers spot i think it was longer in the trailer than it was in the movie like you could blink and you would have missed it in the movie it was that i quick. bet
2: they did i bet you're right robbie it just looked cool as a power rangers fan it looked like a power rangers scene um i also forgot to add that thor got um, he got me um i thought that was really cool and rocket got called a rabbit when he was there that was pretty funny as well um we'll get to thanos coming and destroying the building in a little bit the group assembles the gauntlet thor asks to do it and again this is maybe a point for me that i didn't i didn't like it is uh is Thor asked to do it and they won't let him, uh, cause he's too damaged. Um, and they play that big Lebowski joke up again. He's kind of really silly around it. Um, then, uh, they kind of decide that collectively that Hulk is probably the one that should do it. And Hulk articulates, it's, it's emitting a lot of gamma radiation. I was made to do this is what he says. I thought that was a really great scene. Um, Isaac, you you don't think that? You give me a weird look right now.
0: You know, I was fine with that scene, and you're kind of right. Like they made it like a little, almost like a silly moment with Thor, which just felt a little off. Like it was, it wasn't like you know, it, I didn't think too much about it. But then, for some reason, so like I'm fine with Hulk being the one, but for some reason that that uh, note that he they kind of you know they like focused in on him while he's looking at the gauntlet, and he kind of like gives a little side smirk after he's like it's kind of like I was made for this you know like I don't know I just like it's just like um oh, okay whatever you know you're the hulk you know you're not like thanos who is trying to assemble all the infinity gauntlet you know like I don't know it's just it was just a little snippet of kind of kind of just gave me pause and I was just like Oh, well, and okay. I I've, I've I neglected this scene. I apologize for those that are listening. We have this scene right before
2: this too where the original five of the six are talking about Natasha's death and they've kind of, they again, establishing and articulating their rules of this universe is if you give the soul, if you die for the soul stone, you're done. You're dead. Um, so they kind of lock out Nebula. I mean, um, Gamora, she's dead, but they're saying she's dead and so I, I think this is a part of Hulk grieving is why he does this too. Maybe I'm defending Hulk when that scene is—is is he just had such a great connection with her from Ultron and all those other movies? I wonder if that was why they made him—they gave him kind of that opportunity to do that. Robbie, go ahead. I—I I wish that would have carried over into the conversation about him taking the
3: gauntlet, because it's—it's almost like they get back and they—they they have the gauntlet there, and he's kind of just back to being okay. Like from what we know of those two, like they kind of have a thing going on. At least they did. I mean, it's been five years. But it, it almost seemed like, okay, we got that scene taken care of. Hulk threw a bench. Okay, now it's over. Um, And then you get back to the area, and he, the, everyone's just kind of okay. And I I guess that's one of those things where the weight of the situation didn't hit for me. <clears throat> because, like, ro- like Ronan expresses, like, she's gone. Like, she doesn't get to come back from this. And, and I don't know. I think the weight of that one didn't hit like it should have, like they could have made it.
2: We need to keep going, Robbie. Um, we see them do the snap, they complete it, and uh, Ant Man goes outside. He sees the birds fluttering, he sees uh, the tree looks way greener out in that like little pavilion area. <clears throat> we uh, we get a phone call from Laura Barton. Uh, we, we hear the phone ring, um, we see it from the corner of our eyes. Clint slowly approaches it. And, um, this is kind of our early confirmation before we get the big, uh, surprise, um, Avengers assemble moment, uh, in a little bit of, of, uh, the snap, uh, being undone finally.
0: Like that was another tear jerk mer- moment. The first time I watched it, the second time I watched it, I don't know why it dawned on me the second time I watched it, but I was like. Wait a minute. So she's been gone for five years, and she still has a cell phone that is in working order right now, and she just calls Clint yes. right away? Like, Okay, um, yes. so. Well,
2: to her, here's what I'll say. To her, it just was a blank. Peter Parker said that later. Yeah, but so that her, means that Clint
0: would have had to keep up his cell phone service for her for five years, basically expecting her to come back. Grieving people do weird things like gain
2: hundred million pounds I think, yeah, and uh, play Fortnite all day with Korg and Meek. Well, the, you never know. To piggyback off so. of
1: what Isaac said, um, you could almost go: If half the people left this world, would not these? Wouldn't some satellites go obsolete? So they might consolidate everything to one. So would not that number be less? So really you're telling so here. time out. You're telling me that
2: you're <laughs> not. Nitpicky. You're not going after the laws of time travel here. But you guys are challenging self. phones. Yes, or... because
1: that's based in reality, where time travel is oh, not. Oh, okay. All
2: right. No, cool. It's <laughs> fine. So if we're going to be cool. nitpicking we'll about you... stuff that we can get... base in
1: reality, no, you get to be right. let's do that, not time travel. Hey,
0: you travel. know what? Go... Go ahead, Jared. What were you going to Yeah, It's another one. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Like, I know. I didn't even notice it the first <laughs> no time. No one so else is totally, thinking about that moment totally at all. It's totally something that doesn't matter at no. all. <laughs> I just like, it just came into my head the second time I watched it. I was like, what? I was like, I did too. I was like,
1: wait, that should happen. And why does he have the same cell phone? Or is he getting a new cell phone, uploading his wife's number and picture? Just like, it might happen.
2: <laughs> All right. We're going to, we're going to keep moving. we got to keep moving boys. Um, <laughs> Thanos from 2014. He smuggles Nebula into their reality, trades Nebulas, and he uses the pin particles to travel through time. How did he do that? I don't fully get how he did that. This is another nitpick. I don't get how he figured out how to do that. Cause I would think that Nebula would have had to take him with, I don't really know. So strange, but he does. He shoots the compound. We're not going to break that down, but another nitpick. Um, breaks, shoots the compound down. We get Rody Rocket, and um, Hulk down below. Ant-Man uh, uh, smartly makes himself small, probably using the particles that he got from Captain America earlier, uh, Mark. That's probably why they grabbed four. Just making your nitpick point come back to reality. Um, and so they're trying to survive while Cap, Thor, and Iron Man take on... Thanos from 2014, a more grizzled, a more grouchy, a Thanos that as I kind of didn't talk about intentionally earlier, he now knows what happens to him. He knows these are the people that have killed him, and he decides that he's just going to kill everyone and restart the universe. And we've get the ultimate battle. Um, probably the best choreographed fight scene in the entire MCU. Maybe the elevator scene is the only one that I would say is is up there with it, but that's more grounded versus like this overall fight. Guys, what did you think of this scene? And I'm just gonna give a couple big points from it real quick before we break it down. Cap wields Mjornir. fantastic, and uh, Thor gets braided. And we talked about this before the show. Does Thor being fat make this fight like weird to you guys, or like does it enhance it, or is it like because to me, like even in those fights, it looks like he slimmed down a little bit on CGI. What'd I agree, think?
1: he does look thinner when he turns when he uses. He looks you know, thinner. When he transforms.
0: I think maybe it's just armor but just covers goes, his belly so you can't yeah. see it. Because obviously, like, later yeah, in the he movie... goes all Like, out, they... Almost, know? like, when he's shaking hands with Valkyrie, it almost, like, focuses on his belly. And they're like, uh... Okay. Right. I think... Side yeah, note before I talk scene about is just something crazy. else. um, I I agree with your nitpick of Thanos coming from uh t- 2014 to this reality. Like, like so... It, why it didn't I, make sense yeah, with the
2: laws that they had established? I mean, it was like it was so out of nowhere. Exactly.
0: So they go back. They make a big deal that they have to get the pin particles so they can come back. But then all of a sudden, Thanos doesn't need pin particles to come to their reality. It's just no. Nah, why well, don't he sense.
1: has oh. Pym particles? There's a scene where where Nebula gives him. Well, how
0: does Nebula get back if she doesn't use those pin particles? They really dropped the ball on this scene to me. I I think the this is
2: such a this is probably my biggest nitpick of the whole movie actually. So, they go back in time, they have to the laws have clearly been established that you have to use this suit. If you don't use this suit to go back in time, and they even make it a point, we're going to go back to the 70s to get these suits. We're going to go back to the 70s, and if we don't have the pin particles, there's no other chances. Like they even said they said in the trailers. I don't know if Cap said it in this movie necessarily. But but they made a be- very 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 clear point: you have to have the suit to go back in time, and you have to have the Pym particles. So they go back to the 70s to get the space stone because Loki took it, and they get these Pym particles. Well, then you fast forward to Nebula is able to switch out with with a uh, new ne- old Nebula's switched out, old Nebula switches out with new Nebula, which is totally fine, whatever. But then she can send Thanos' ship back, I I don't know, maybe I'm reaching too much, maybe this is just too much of a nitpick, but that scene, the dramatic effect of that scene was really, really powerful, I'm not going after that part of it, I'm just trying to fully understand the science behind it, but then again, the Benatar was in Hawkeye's hand the whole time, and they shrunk it down, so maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know, maybe they tried to explain it, we then transition to this big, huge, giant, massive
0: fight scene, Isaac, share your thoughts then, Robbie. Go ahead. The tears started flowing when Captain America picks up Mjolnir. That is my absolute favorite moment in this movie. Like, he picks that up. I I just about like started clapping in the theater all by myself because nobody else was so. But I was like, yes, I've been waiting for this MCU moment for like ten years now. This is amazing. And then the fight scene after it that follows it is just incredible. Like you said, like probably the best mm-hmm. choreographed fight in MCU history. Rob.
3: Yeah, I I just piggyback everything Isaac just said. I when this movie comes out, I, there will be times where I'll just watch that fight scene because it's that awesome i didn't cry like isaac did <laughs> but but like people were cheering in my theater we people cheered like everyone was excited once he got mjolnir that was beyond epic i think a lot of people knew it was gonna come eventually but that was just so cool and 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 i can't wait for the funko pop
2: mark last point before we move on
1: i uh, just like isaac uh, i cried my face off when uh cat picks up meow meow and um also my my favorite part beyond that or like with that whole scene is when thor's reacts like i knew you were worthy
2: yeah that scene was hilarious i mean so funny so great so epic so cry worthy yeah i mean just that that scene just pretty much encompasses the whole mcu at this point we then get uh the big three are losing the fight they're losing to thanos Thor, uh, although he has two weapons, cannot hang with Thanos. This causes issues. Tony gets knocked out. We hear Friday go, wake up, boss. And uh, then it's just Captain America and, uh, and Thanos. And we see Tony's vision in Age of Ultron finally fulfilled where uh, everybody is down on the battlefield. It looks like Hulk is down underneath. Um, and it looks like our big three are going to lose. Hot guy's playing a game of cat and mouse. He doesn't. He has the gauntlet underneath. He's getting chased by the outriders, and we finally get the on your left big three moment. Robbie, what are your thoughts?
3: Was it Isaac that had said that he thinks that scene from Age from Age of Ultron is going to happen in this scene? Who was it that said that during the last podcast?
2: I think we both. We need to shout
3: whoever said that out.
2: Yeah, it was one of us. We can go back
3: because yeah, someone said that, and that was like. I, didn't even, I hadn't even thought about that, and then once whoever said that said that, I was like, yeah, that that could totally happen, and it did, and that's just goes to show the, the planning that the Russos and Marvel put into this
2: movie. And this kind of gets to our main part, and we're going to kind of, we, we're going to, I mean, just the big battle, we can just all break our favorite parts out of this, so we don't need to go through the whole battle. Everything that's done, been done the last ten and a half years up to this point leads to this one battle. We get cameos from Howard the Duck in this battle. We get cameos from Yep, there's a I, go on. Did online, I miss Howard uh, the Duck? I, you missed Howard what the Duck. I'll the... put it in the show notes. I will I will put it in the show notes for those that are listening. Howard the Duck is in it. The shot with Evangeline Lily's wasp, you will see Howard the Duck on her right. Very small, but he's part of the he's part of the Guardians of the Galaxy armies that are fighting. We get uh we get uh people from Black Panther, we get people from Doctor Strange, we get people from Asgard. Everywhere, guys, this fight was unbelievable. Yes, we get Spider Man. We're gonna break this into two parts. We're gonna break this to the part of like all of them fighting, and then we'll go to the the second part, which is basically Thanos in his last stand for the Gauntlet. Guys, what did you think of this kind of reuniting of every main character? What stuck out to you? Well, we'll, let's go in the order which we started. Robbie, you go ahead. I don't. I
3: don't even know where to start with it. I guess I don't really have a favorite scene i think the most surprising was pepper coming in as um what's what's the name rescue. of rescue rescue coming in as rescue that was probably the most like oh pepper's here as rescue and that like in my theory that's when everyone kind of gasped um but the there's so much going on and they do a pretty good job of keeping you connected where everything's going on um because you know you can get a big cgi mess when you have that many characters to split time with i think they balanced it as best as they could. I don't think I have a favorite scene. I've only seen it once. I want to see it way more times before I decide on a favorite scene. Go
0: ahead, Isaac. Uh, yeah. So epic battle scene. And this is like, and this is every comic book lover's dream is that like every single character is on this battlefield, like fighting, like oh, so epic. But um, just a couple things I want to point out. Like, the one scene where um, – so Peter Parker has the gauntlet. Um, it's kind of like pass hands a couple times, and Parker, like, lands in the in the dirt, and he's like, oh, man, like, you know, the the uh, it's before Captain Marvel like comes in, and it, they're getting pummeled by Thanos' ship mode? and stuff like that. Oh,
2: okay, yeah, yeah, right before Captain yeah, Marvel.
0: Yeah, right like before. That. And then Captain Marvel shows up, you know, destroys Thanos' ship, um, Let's
2: stay before Captain Marvel. Stay before, before Captain Marvel. Before Captain Marvel? Oh, okay. Yep, well, Marvel, well,
0: then right. this is my... That was my whole Well, point okay. So. Let me take that back. Up, this, I want up till... This want is not Thanos, Thanos' last stand. I'm not going into that. Yeah, yeah. Thanos' last
2: stand, we'll say that starts when he destroys the van. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything yeah. before okay, the van. Okay, so, so yeah. So then Captain Marvel comes down. She's like, hey, uh, do you need some help, Peter Parker? Basically. And she grabs the gauntlet from him and all of the women of Marvel like come around her, which is like it's a really cool moment, but also it just was a little strange that all nose, of a sudden there's no men on the battlefield at all. Like zero men. Besides Peter Parker who's standing in the dirt, you know, supposedly just gave up the gauntlet to Captain Marvel. The the total, moment is cool. Side note Isaac
2: side note, Isaac on that? That's a total homage to Cap to, to Black Widow. Yeah. It was an absolute homage to Black Widow because they said they, they obviously referenced her line from Infinity War if she's not alone. But I think a big gripe that people are some people are going to say about this movie I haven't heard it but I'm assuming people will say is oh they killed the one woman on the Avengers and I think this was Marvel's way of saying yeah we killed the woman but, but I'm telling guess we're what? telling we you we got all these we, other women yeah. we got a whole
0: group mm-hmm. of them yeah Keep, yeah so I I thought it was a really cool moment. I just thought it would have made maybe it would hit a little bit more if like all the dudes were like behind them, like watching them go. But there was just like no guys at all in the whole scene, and I was like, oh, okay, oh, whatever, you know. Marco,
1: Uh, one of my favorite scenes I like was also that one where the women assemble, and I think it does show. um, It's more of like a symbol that, I guess you could go back and just our society that you know hey women are equal to so like you could do a whole series on all these women and make be just like success successful but my favorite part or one of my fa- two of my favorite parts first cap says avengers assemble yeah that's oh, it we, we that. really good. and then also Valkyrie on her pegasus or whatever you want to call it i love i just loved every scene you got to see that like like without like we got to see it once in a flashback in thor But as a fan, I'm watching. It's like, of course, of course, she'd be on her on her horse with wings and fighting. That this is what we get. This is this is what we've wanted, and I didn't even know it was gonna happen.
2: This is Kevin Feige's like, this is his. This is this is Kevin Feige's resume. I mean, that's all this is right here. Um, I love like the long shot of you can barely tell who anybody is, and you just see large Ant Man, giant man in the background. And he punches one of those big, giant... What are those things called? The big snake things? He punches it like... I just watched Space Avengers today. I watched Avengers and Age of Ultron today. They like Three of those Avengers couldn't break one of them. He punched it out of the sky and basically killed it. And it's like just just how far the Marvel Universe came. The other thing I loved was On Your Left from Falcon. Love that Winter Soldier callback. And then the first people you see is basically the next generation. I think the leader of the Avengers will be Black Panther moving forward. I think they want it to be Captain Marvel, but I think the people are saying it's Black Panther. And so just to get Black Panther back was big. And for him not to say anything, there's nothing to be said. He just nods. And then he does his war chant, and here we go. And I, I just really just thought that was great. And, um, yeah, that that fight, there, there's, like, so much you can pick out. I loved how they kind of did, again, the thing they did in Infinity War was obscure p- uh, character pairings. So you've got Black Panther, he's like he's running with the gauntlet, and then he's using and then he's just bouncing off other people and then he throws it up to Spider Man and then Spider Man uses Valkyrie. And I just loved how they just kind of kept the they kept going away and um, I did like that Black Panther told Clint he he called him Clint and in Civil War he's like, I don't care who you are, but he knew who he was in this movie. I thought that was really fun. It just again, the writing in this movie was like ridiculous. Like Marcus and McFeely, you could tell have been working on this for like four years doing nothing but writing this script um so we get this big fight they're playing keep away from with the gauntlet ant-man uh believes they can take the stones back so they can prevent thanos from using them again thanos destroys the van after captain marvel emerges in the a4 shot we've talked about that shot happens um and this is kind of his last stand he gets a, a hold of the gauntlet he fights captain marvel he fights the big three um, he fights Wanda. They shoot everybody down. Um, guys, what what stuck out to you when we get to the the climax of this whole movie and this potentially the whole first beginning of the MCU? Um, Tony snaps his fingers and kills Thanos and his army. Robbie, we'll start with you. At the beginning of it, I, I was
3: worried that Captain Marvel was going to come in and be the bane to um, Thanos' existence. And I was happy that she put up a fight, but, like, with his experience and then you know grabbing the power stone and just putting her out of contention i was i love that it wasn't just her come in and you know take control and now they're they're fine captain marvel can do a, you know no wrong she can beat anyone because i i was i was honestly worried that's the route they were gonna go like they were gonna give her a movie she's gonna beat thanos by herself i mean we kind of knew other people were gonna die along the way maybe or whatever um but i was i was happy that she was taken out of the out of contention right there and then we got um i mean we we got what we all kind of knew was coming but all dreaded seeing um with iron man and uh
2: yeah that that seems that seems tough robbie can i ask a question here and this might offend you just because you're such a dc guy do you think marvel's playing captain marvel as superman here just as the symbol of hope like at the beginning we talked about at the beginning of the episode just how like she comes in, and Jarrett really said it so eloquently because he's so much more eloquent than the rest of us. How she's kind of this angel right at the beginning, and then at the end she is like the last hope. And when she gets there, you you as an audience member know they're going to win now. Do you think this is kind of the vibe they're right. pulling? They're try- or they're trying to like emulate here? I think power
3: wise, it's kind of what they're going with. And then and, and if you watch and I mean anything Zack Snyder did with Superman, it was all very you know Superman's kind of this godlike character. And they're, they're pulling those same punches, with, or they're doing the same thing with Captain Marvel. Um, but maybe not to the extent. And, and, and I think Marvel knows that they can't do it to the extent yep. of the power that Superman can be. Because if you do that, then she could have just came in, beat Thanos, it's not an issue. But there's no weight in that. And I think they balanced her right. I think they have to be careful with how powerful she gets. Um, because whoever, whatever they do next, like it has to be just as terrifying as Thanos, or at least, you know, it has to hit the same notes. And you, you can't just have someone fighting Captain Marvel who can't compete with her.
0: Isaac, what would you think of Tony's... Uh, Tony's- um, first, I'd like to start off with, I love how in this um, final battle here, we finally see, like, the desperation of Thanos. And, like, even through Infinity War, we don't really see that. Even when he's, like, in a tough spot... He like he knows what he's doing, and he's he's like got a plan, you know. Like even when even when Thor puts an axe in his heart, he's like, you know what, he should have gone for the head, and then snaps out, you know, everybody out of existence. Like when um, Scarlet Witch has him in her like clutches, and she's like taking off his armor with her power, he's like, oh crap, like I I might be losing this battle right now, and he's like. I'm going to just destroy my whole army so I can kill some of these heroes. You know, like he's like, fine. I'm going to, if you're, if I'm going down, I'm going to take you guys with me. So, and then also just awesome that it shows the power level of Scarlet, Witch. finally, I feel like she's got all this potential that could be unlocked in that Disney plus show. Um, Yeah. And then obviously like, you know, this is like the pinnacle of the movie is Iron Man's death. Like, this is what the MCU has led up to and it's obviously just like the just the biggest moment in this movie and it rocked everybody's world I think so. Mark
1: I think it was a good send-off for uh for Tony Stark as a character in this movie kind of getting you know the three people all get to see their or have their reaction towards his passing and death. You got Peter Rhodes and Pepper, um, but one thing I I questioned after both times watching it that I've been dying to ask you guys your thoughts on: Do you think when Tony does the snap, does it kill all these 2014 people, or does it send them back to their time without the memory because they have to live out um the whole timeline that we have seen, where so they go back to 2014 without any memory of any of this stuff because they're going to go. S- Bring back all the stones, so that's just that's the loop of time that they're in.
2: Um, they set the rules earlier, Mark. The Mark the the rules are that their their future, yep, like is your past. Yep. So you like they're just splintering timelines. So, so what that, they've done with taking Thanos is they've splintered a timeline where Thanos won't do that. Gotcha. So in that Marvel universe, that's not going to happen. Probably a bigger threat will come down the down the pike, but that's, and that's just what, the reality that's
1: what the is. ancient one was saying, right? Like that's what she was because yes. that's why I was getting a little lost at that point were because in reality Tony could do that by snapping his fingers so well,
2: I don't know I mean yeah it's 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 more nitpicks to just go on top of all the nitpicks we've had and the nitpicks we probably are going to finish up with I, I think uh, it was a poetic way they needed just to get to that end point it was very clear that that was the, the point they were pushing the whole way um it's a beautiful send-off, and just I'd echo everything you're saying. The theme in this movie that's really just awesome is family. Um, and just, like, you see it on just, like, these these intricate levels of going back in time and they're meeting specific family members. So Tony finally got to reconcile that issue with his dad. He had these issues since, like, Iron Man 1. In his first line he said, my old man, like, you could tell he didn't, like, fully love his dad. And then every movie you're seeing that breaking down. And then Thor got to go talk to his mom and nebula she she even at the beginning of the movie she heard from thanos say maybe i was wrong about you she got to reconcile to an extent with thanos and so to just kind of see this whole family thing happen he sacrifices himself for his daughter and his wife and for his kind of surrogate son that he would call peter and uh you just get that beautiful scene at the end before we head to the funeral. robbie one more thing before we go to that scene we got to start wrapping up
3: can can I be a little nitpicky with
2: uh, nope. the Iron Man snap? We haven't been nitpicky I, at all so we I don't, I can't, don't want you to be I just
3: cuz I'm sorry but the whole Hulk snaps his finger and half of Hulk like gets burned and fried. If Iron Man snaps his finger like in my head he should have just basically disappeared right there. Uh I, I don't know. I'm I'm being nitpicky. I know they did it cuz they need to send off but like it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know if like the nanotechnology is somehow that advanced
2: you shut your um, mouth and, it, and let it be and it. you
3: can i mean you can even get nitpicky with the nanotechnology can hold on to the to hold onto the infinity stones that took a freaking star to tony make tony stark like die. gauntlet
0: tony stark died. <laughs> just let him be you can't just nitpick let him be that man
3: <laughs> tony stark died. I, I just that i'm that's just my nitpicky little moments let him be so, let him be whatever. we get to the a beautiful beautiful scene beautiful moment if you get nitpicky with it it kind of ruins it that, that was after the fact
2: Whatever. Mark, did, did, I go, did I ask you, Mark? Great job. I asked you about what? About Tony, right?
1: About me being sad about Tony's death. Yeah, you're fine.
2: Yes, I forgot you. I'm sorry, Mark. Go ahead and tell us about Tony's death. No, Are I, you okay I about already,
1: it? I already did say that I was okay, really good. sad. Yeah, yeah. And cried a lot. Okay, good. Like, like, well, I predicted. Um, I know I got Captain America not dying, but my youth sure did die after Tony died. So,
0: yeah. For sure. I would like to see it. So say we go to this funeral scene, so also because I would totally was like, Yes, Iron Man dying would be the most impactful death in the MCU, and there it is.
2: We get to this funeral scene, we get literally everybody in this scene. You guys wanted me to note that Harley from Iron Man Three was in it. I watched like the end of Iron Man Three today and Yeah, did he need to be in it? I don't know. Maybe I'm nitpicking there. But they kind of get this great homage. This is this is literally the the like, hey, this was our MCU phase one through three, our Infinity Saga. We get to see these guys really touching a moment. I don't think there's anything to add on to that from you guys. I guess Robbie would like to add one thing.
3: Yeah, I have a lot to say. I guess. I I wish that would have been the Stanley scene. I wish he was in that scene and, and like I don't know how in what capacity if he's just standing there and in my head I just wanted him um,
0: when So you wanted like a happy CGI with like Morgan. Paul Walker Stan Lee standing at the funeral well, I don't know
3: when he well, I don't know when they did it I'm just I'm saying if they could have done it I wish he would have been in that scene because like in my head I'm just like I want Stanley to walk up and be like, so what I miss or something like that. I don't know. I actually really a- I like that-,
2: that. Take a lot, Robbie. I like that. Take a lot.
3: Yeah. I just thought it would have been, that would have fit, but obviously I don't know when they taped everything and you know how his health was. So yeah. let's, that's fine. We own got a couple more things. Cause I
2: want to talk. I want to, I don't want this to be, it's going to be long already. We're already going way long. Um, Hawkeye and Wanda get to grieve their losses, kind of set up their own shows a little bit um thor gives valkyrie asgard royalty makes her the queen he says you're a king but she's really a queen um and he becomes an as guardian of the galaxy and again one of the most shocking decisions that they made i thought was making him an Asgardian of the galaxy um then cap takes the stones and mjornir back in time um fulfilling bruce um bruce's promise to the ancient one and we get old man Cap on the bench who passes off the mantle of of Captain America to Falcon, um, and then Cap spends the rest of his days with Peggy. Mark, go.
1: Um, I'm going to blow your minds right here, guys. Go for it. So Cap- Captain America goes back and brings all these stones back to where they are, right? That's what he's doing. So give me the interaction where he finally encounters Red Skull, his nemesis from the first, you know, first Avengers movie or Captain America, the first Avenger. And you're just going to tell me he's just going to hand this stone back over. And then let's preface this. I got, I got two sta- tangents from this. He either gives the stone back and it's a, a soul for a soul. So shouldn't he be able to get back Black Widow in a sense, if he's able to give back the soul oh, stone?
2: We're losing. Mark, say that one more time. We lo- Mark, we Sorry. lost you. Say that one more time.
1: If, if, if it's soul for a soul, as Red Skull tells us, when he gives back the Soul Stone, he should be able to get back Black Widow. In theory, sure. If he's bringing it back to the exact same time.
2: That's and a great also, point. And also,
1: if he doesn't... If Captain America's like, F this dude, I'm not going to give him the Soul Stone. What if he takes it back and does this whole facade where he does live this other life, and when he's back in the future to give, you know, the passing of the, the shield that he used the soulstone himself to age himself so he's able to still live his own life, or live multiple lives I think, if he wants to. I think just he would carry. have seen
2: I think he would have seen Red Skull floating and understood what Red And Red Skull's not going to lie about it. Like, what can he do? He can't do anything with it. He says that in Infinity War. I'm cursed with this. This is my curse moving forward. So I think he would have just given it over. I don't think he would have thought about it. I think Cap was past it once everything ended. I think he was like, I'm done with this. I think Tony really showed that to him at the beginning of this movie of like, Hey, go get a life. But one question we need to kind of throw out is uh I guess the science behind it um is wonky online. Um to me it was pretty self-explanatory. Um but I know some people are wondering, did he go back to the 50s, live his life out, then come back? It's self-explanatory to me. Um he could have used he could have used the pim particles. Later, I th- I think he could have done. Yeah, How many He'd he be like 130
1: at this point if he went back to like the 50s and lived a whole life. That'd be like, and granted, it's Captain America with the super soldier serum, so he would he would age slower, but he would still be 130 at this point if he lived a whole life. Yeah, I th- I think it's implied he used the particles to Peggy come later that no one ever saw her husband, and all family photos didn't have. No,
2: Mark. It. Mark, <laughs> under- would you listen to the time travel he, rules here, he... Mark? He splintered another life here. But dude. then he's doing exact This isn't the life they so live. So you
1: saying this may- he lives a the life, then brings back the stone and then just dies
2: right there? Yes, that's literally what they said. Basically, yeah. Ah! Just let it You need to let it go, Mark. You need to let it be what it is. Jiminy Christmas. Yeah, throw your throw your computer across the room.
1: I got one thing. So Uh, what movie was that winter soldier where they were cap and uh natalia go to the bunker and uh what's the german scientist that has natasha what okay the german scientist that has his like consciousness in all the computers okay so we were introduced to that concept we did not get a body at the funeral for for iron man for tony stark what if he becomes the new jarvis And that's how his character lives on, is in the consciousness of, you know.
2: I don't want it. Don't give it to me. Let it be done. I've heard that idea. And, like, some people be like, that'd be great. And, like, maybe, like, you could do it in one movie. But, man, just, like, let it go. Can we have some finality here? What makes this movie – and correct me if I'm wrong here. What makes this movie so special is the finality and the, like, idea that, hey, this is ending. And like even the consequences. Yeah, even like for Captain America to come back as like old man Cap, I don't want it. I don't want it. I want it in ten years. Give me alternate divert alternate reality to Tony Stark. Give me alternate reality Captain Captain America when we do a Secret Wars movie or one of those movies in ten years where they bring the Russos back and they make five billion dollars.
0: I like that Mark is our like uh, comic book movie conspiracy theorist. I like that. 100%. He's that like he's that guy from It's Always Sunny
2: with the Wall and he's like hasn't slept in like 8 days and he's like making all these theories up. Um all right, we're going to transition to our next uh we got just a couple quick questions before we end. Um just want to have a discussion here. Thanos as an all-time film villain. Where do you rank Thanos as an all-time film villain? I'm not talking cap I'm not talking comic book because to be honest, his only competition I think was Killmonger, unless there's somebody else you guys are thinking of. I think Killmonger was about it in the MCU. Is there another villain you'd you'd go after MCU wise? I just don't see it.
0: I I think I would. I I think Thanos is better than him, but I would put Loki up there just with the way that they've handled him. Like not okay. not necessarily Loki himself as a villain, but like just with the way the MCU has handled him. I think they've done a really good job with him.
2: We'll kind of go in the order we we did at the beginning. Robbie, what is your take on Thanos as an all time film villain? I I did a
3: little ranking earlier. Um, I did a top five, but I'm just gonna give you where I put Thanos. I put him at number three. Um, I have Darth Vader, and then I have Heath Ledger's Joker ahead of him. Um, and then you know it 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 depends on people's preferences, but I mean most people in our group, um, you know we like, you know comic book movies and all that stuff. So you can have like Voldemort can be in there. Uh, palpatine get get thrown in there but right now all time he's level he's number three to me um the thing i love about'm i'm a I'm a, <laughs> I'm a big villain guy and i i love um trying to understand why villains are doing the thing and I, and that's why i loved infinity war so much because you you can understand why Thanos is trying to do what he's doing um and i think that's the depth that it gives to you so that yeah he's number he's number
0: three isaac Shocker that uh, Heath Ledger's Joker was up on Robbie's. You'll fight me. <laughs> um, I actually Thanos is actually number three for me too. Um, and I'm actually with Robbie on this. Heath Ledger's Joker is above Thanos on on my list as well. Uh, but I have Darth Vader at one actually. But I think Thanos is honestly the Darth Vader of this generation. I think he's going to be like the iconic like film villain that people are going to look back on and be like, "Wow, like Thanos really was like the the villain that really did it," you know. So that's my take. Mark, I guess if we're going
1: film overall villains, I I I don't know what you're basing how he or Heath Ledger's Joker could be worse or better vil- or whatever. I know I'm not even going to argue with you guys. I love all these movies. I'm not going to, yeah. Thanos killed trillions of people, so I think that makes him the worst villain in the sense of his power and what he did, but whatever.
2: Yeah, I, I will um I will say that he is number one. Uh, I would put Sauron at number two, and I'd put Darth Vader at number three. Um, and I, Mark nailed what I was going to say. He killed literally trillions of people. I don't know what else he has to do. And on top of it, Darth he made Vader people... killed
3: more people than Sauron. So that would make him number two by your logic. Well, kind. yes,
2: but, but Sauron has, but Vader became a good guy at the end. He still killed a lot of people, but he became a good guy at the end.
1: Joker was just an issue for a few months, and then that got resolved.
2: Yeah, Joker was just an issue for like five minutes, and he burned a lot of money. Okay, get over it, Robbie. Yeah, we got okay, Jared. We got Jared arguing, Leto. Joker. I'm not arguing we that level. I'm just Jack arguing Nicholson's your basis Joker. for villain. How are so it they goes not Completely evil? by it goes. I'm just giving you, Robbie. Okay, I'm just got giving got you, you a hard
3: time it goes by death. I'm unless just they, uh, giving you a hard time. you
2: just to quote Zane. You're just a lesser being. Okay, you just need to accept that. Okay um yeah I accept it. you're welcome let's talk about the future of the mcu before we kind of close the show out this movie really sets up some interesting stuff we kind of alluded to it a little bit um jerry you've talked about how you think they're going to do the new avengers is what you said young avengers i'm sorry um what do you guys think um is going to be the future of the mcu what do you kind of think where do you kind of think they're going what do you want to see moving forward um, in the MCU, Robbie,
3: I, I, th- I think the easy answer, and and maybe not for you guys, but X Men getting the X Men stuff in there, expanding on the Spider Verse. Um, I don't know if they're gonna connect Spider Verse. I mean, with opening up the the Spider Verse, you can kind of do the cartoons and maybe do live action. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I I would just love to. to to get rid of the X-Men universe we have that's kind of been so-so for how many years and, you know, give us some substantial X-Men movies and, you know, give us Galactus, give us another apocalypse, you know, do something.
0: Isaac. So um, I kind of thought that Endgame was going to go a little bit cosmic, like they're going to go out and chase uh, Thanos down, you know, like go out in space, do a bunch of stuff in space. And really, like, that got shot down in the first five minutes of the movie when they went and killed Thanos, like, right away. So I was like, oh, well, maybe, like... You know the movie was like more grounded, like literally the whole movie happens on Earth. So I was like, "Oh man, all right, well my my guess of where it was going is like maybe totally off base." So I, I'd kind of echo what uh, Robbie is saying that like you have these entities like X Men and Fantastic Four that have they have movies, but like not really super well done movies and now you can tie them into the mcu which would be awesome so i'd love to see some um x-men fantastic four crossover type stuff mark
1: when you presented this question to me it made me think a little bit more i i love x-men i want more x i want all the x-men in the mcu but how do you bring their history into a history that already exists without having to like splinter time or for some reason universes collide or something like that like that's how you'd introduce them you can introduce fantastic four which i think will probably be the first group we get because they become the fantastic four through an accident so right and so maybe that's how we do it or maybe that's how like a collective yeah. gets involved or something where x-men become involved or something
3: i think you'd have to start the x-men would have to start yeah. young and the the issue with that would be you know Xavier and Magneto because they're always the older of of you know leading x-men and and so that that that's the issue I see I think you could start young and be okay there it's just how do you do Xavier I I, I don't know they've they've done a pretty good job doing everything else I'm sure they can figure that's it out how
1: you convolute the whole storyline that's where you might lose people like all of your all of a sudden you're like oh after the snap five years oh no what the the one thing that changed that no one predict is oh now this whole history of x-men and mutants are now involved and that'd be like that'd be over some people's head like what but but then they say they say deadpool is going to survive so we will be interesting to see what they do in the next five years if they introduce x-men in that amount of time
2: i think for sure they're heading to secret invasion i think secret invasion would be great for captain marvel too um, or even Captain Marvel 3. They might go the route with like how they've done with Captain America and make Secret Invasion kind of her civil war where everybody's in it, but it's just her movie as opposed to making it an Avengers movie. I think they're going to do a new or young Avengers. They're, they're picking one of those for sure. Um, obviously, X-Men and Fantastic Four. I would love to see Atlantis versus Wakanda in Black Panther 3 or 2. Um, I think that would be really fun it would be awesome to watch T'Challa kind of work with that and it would cool be cool to watch those kingdoms kind of go back and forth so that way when they set up the next big ultra end game movie we get in like a decade um, that those two would have to kind of come together to do it um, I really like the idea of Secret Wars coming down the pike in 20 years um, I think that's where they're going I think that's that would be the safest bet. Um, but, I mean, you also have um, – what's the Thor run where uh, his uncle comes back? Uh, Fear Itself. Um, I really like Fear Itself. I think that would be a great way to kind of keep Thor around, set hit, set that up a little bit. Um, and then Dormammu's there. And I think just Doctor Strange and Dormammu. And there's a lot of fun that could be had there, and it would require a different set of skills. And you probably want to go after Magic and X-Men. You could connect her in it. Um. Yeah, they just got a lot of fun things to play with, so it'll be very interesting to see how they connect it with Disney Plus. Um. So, um. Last last kind of things to say. We're wrapping up about two hours of content. We hope you guys loved it. Um. But um. Yeah. Let's let's wrap it up and uh, close up shop. Robbie, any last thoughts? Um. No. I mean,
3: I, I'm I'm excited to go again. Uh. I. I have. I don't think I've ever cried during a movie, and Avengers got me teared up three or four times um and maybe that's just being a new dad and i guess not a new dad but being a dad and having those those kids scenes really hit hard i'm i'm excited to go again and again and um yeah i'm excited for the future for this for this franchise because this is you know the infinity saga is at a close now we're losing the two biggest stars and you know Disney and Marvel keeping this going is going to be a huge challenge, even still going forward, even though they're going to make $3 billion probably.
0: I think, uh, man, just the, the impact that the MCU has had on our lives was just so well uh, summed up in Endgame, Like, I was just thinking about it. I was like, man, if I hadn't watched like any of these MCU movies, like would this movie make any sense to me? Obviously not. But because I've been so involved in every single one of these movies. And so like, just, you know, hanging on everything that Marvel's putting out. um, This, this movie was so worth it. And it just was such a good ending of an era. So, and, and, even you know at the end when they didn't have a post credit scene like i wasn't even mad i was like man this is an ending that is so satisfying that i'm just okay with it ending which i never like never would have imagined myself like coming to terms with before this so so this movie was amazing and is one of very few movies that I would have just literally walked right back into the theater and watched back to back. Mark.
1: Yeah, go go see Endgame. If you haven't seen it, I don't know why you'd be listening to this if you haven't seen it. Um, and kind of to come back to what Robbie said, no one's really gone. Now with the advent of time travel, if they ever need to go grab Tony Stark or Captain America for any mission whatsoever they can go do that
2: film is so subjective um i mean even we just made fun of Robbie about Heath Ledger's Joker and how just that impacted him um and it's very rare that you that you see an event that is impactful on a world global scale um even with things like sports it only hits with specific audiences or even with things like specific comedies It only hits with specific people. And, um, I think this, this movie really is a crowning achievement. Um, and this, this movie is, this movie is probably the greatest movie of our generation, um, in terms of impact and in terms of, uh, in terms of scope and who it reaches. um, Kevin Feige is, uh, I mean, can't say enough about him. The Russo brothers, three different $1 billion movies all in a row. Those dudes have been working for eight years straight. Um, just grinding to make, to entertain us. Um, Marcus and McFeely and just what they wrote. I just, I tip my hat to all them. I tip my hat to every actor in this series. Um, the humility that has to be displayed to an extent for people like Michael Douglas to play a secondary, secondary, secondary character. Um, and uh, and just even for uh, I look at movies like the, the cultural impact that Black Panther had, um, that Captain Marvel has had the last six months. Um, I think uh, this is just a crowning achievement and um, the MCU should should take a giant bow. I do believe this movie will um, reach three billion. We've we we talked about our um, predictions last episode. If you want to check those out, we'll recap those in a couple weeks when those numbers are a little more solidified. Um, but I do think this movie is going to reach $3 billion now. now. Um, and I think it deserves it. And I'll go be seeing it at least two, three more times. And I, this is the most rewatchable movie I've ever seen. And the impact it's had on me as a person, much less my generation, is profound. And it will be studied probably for the rest of film history. So uh, tip my hat to that. Um, super impressed. So, But if you listen to this podcast, you clearly were coming to check us out for our in-game stuff. We're a weekly podcast. Uh, we talk about uh, other things aside from Avengers Infinity War. We talk about movies. We talk about film. We talk about TV, uh, pops, uh, toys, all that kind of jazz. So if you want to check us out, make sure you check us out. Uh, Isaac, can you plug uh, what what's our social media stuff? You want to plug that real quick, Isaac? Sure. Iza we Candles are
0: Smith. on uh, Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Um, you can find us at uh, at the Infinity Bros on Instagram. And on Twitter, you can just look up Infinity Bros because our handle is a little uh, confusing to figure out. So you'll you'll look, you'll look be able to see us, our logo on there. And Facebook, we're just the Infinity Bros. Yeah, so make sure
2: you follow us. Make sure you subscribe to us. We're on Spotify. We're on Podbean. We're on Google Music. Uh, we'd love for you to check us out. And uh, you can send us listener feedback as well. Send us listener feedback to Podcast at gmail.com. We've already gotten some, and we'll be talking about that next week on our episode. So we're looking forward to talking about that, talking about some other obscure movies that we've seen, other TV shows and all that stuff. So guys, great job tonight. Awesome show. Um thanks for coming on. Loved it. And uh thank you for sitting with us for the last two two plus hours, two and a half, another two and a half hour podcast. We're grateful for you guys, grateful for you. Um and we hope you have a great week um in celebration of Endgame and enjoy Game of Thrones tonight, guys. Um we're signing off. Y'all have a great one, and thanks for listening to the podcast that's perfectly balanced, as all things should be.
3: Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at Infinity Podcast at gmail.com.